Welcome back to the new and experienced investor. I'm the new guy, Alex Barnett. And my name is Joe Holmes, and I have over 40 years of experience as a broker, mentor, and investor. It's great because I can say, combined, we have over 40 years experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> it, it helps my resume. Um, today, we're going to be talking about house flipping mistakes to avoid, especially during a recession. Are we in a recession? Close. Yeah. yeah. If if not, we're going to be here pretty soon if the Fed keeps raising interest rates that the way they are. So, yeah. Pretty, Can I get close. a bailout? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we Can get, I a, get bailout? a bailout? Well, it depends, you know, which uh, political party you're with. True. Yeah. And... Um, if you missed our last week guests, last week's guest, we might not be getting any bailouts. True. <laughs> True. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. Got to do it the old fashioned way. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I want to just kind of touch on some mistakes that, I mean, I've we've definitely made the last year. We did we did about four flips. That was our first year flipping. Thanks to you. Uh, we partnered up, kind of showed us the ropes. And by we, you mean, I mean you mm -hmm. and your wife. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lauren Barnett, because we just got married. So, um, yep. And then she's going, she, she's taking the test coming up here. They're kind of backlogged. Yeah. yeah they're backlogged. Nice. So she put in her application to take the test. Okay. And just waiting to hear back on that. So, okay. Sounds that'll great. That'll be fun. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and dive into it. it. Is it possible? Let's start here. Is it possible to flip during a recession? Yeah, absolutely. You can flip in any market. It, you know, flipping is a numbers game. So depending on what numbers you're looking at and what you uh, end up or expect at the end of the day, honestly, you can flip in any any market. Good to know. Okay, let's start off with number one: overestimating your flipping skills. Um, this came, this mistake we made after the first one going into the second one, because the first one we flipped a property, it was a mobile home made somewhere around a hundred K profit. Thought I was a genius. <laughs> thought it was this, what are, what is everyone talking about? Why is it so hard? There's no such thing. There's a, as a flop and flip and flop yeah. is what I thought. Yeah. And then we went into our second flip, which was um, right off the bat, much harder. There were some things we didn't check, uh, the plumbing, the old utilities with the water shut off, um, a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. So how do, how do you avoid that? Uh, so in my defense, when Alex uh, brought me this deal, I told him right away I don't do mobile homes. Um, the reason that we ended up doing this mobile home and we are still looking for more is because you actually own the land underneath the mobile home. So you're not buying into a mobile home park that has a, a park rent or anything like that. You're, you're buying into a mobile home. Yes, there is a, an HOA, uh, but you, you do own the land underneath. And um, the first mobile home we went into, we actually both learned a lot mm -hmm. from that mobile home uh, flip. I think the first thing um, I remember that we learned um, – we were trying to get some financing for it, and there's uh, an FHA section 443A, which says that uh, the property has to be on permanent foundation before a bank will lend. 
what the lender didn't tell us, it has to be 1976 or above. And we were flipping a property in 1971. So we ended up spending about, uh, I think it was like $3,500 around there. $3,500 to do something that we did not need to do. Um, but obviously we didn't learn from that lesson because the second one, we did the same thing. Um, the first one was purchase cash. So we figured, oh, okay, well, we did this for nothing, but, you know, we had to do it. And then the second one was purchase with financing. Uh, we did it, but it wasn't necessary at all because they used conventional financing instead of FHA financing. So after that, we learned that, you know, 1976 uh, or below, you don't need to do the permanent foundation because it's, it's, you can't use it. You know, so you learn a lot of things along the way. Um, Alex and Lauren's job, uh, not only bring the deal, but uh, to bring the contractor, which is um, another important thing when you're flipping properties is is to bring the, the right contractor along. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And um, we, because it kind of went pretty smooth with that first contractor when we got into a, a new area where we needed a, a, another contractor, um, We I feel like I didn't vet that guy enough. And then that caused a whole host of problems yeah and that definitely goes into overestimating your flipping skills thinking it's gonna yeah. go the same way every time yeah and I, and I think um, you know like normal I mean we're all human we all want to trust people um, you know you may Not have it ended up trusting this person way too much mm -hmm. um, I I mean I'm kind of the opposite I, I don't trust anybody I'm kind of like uh, Ronald Reagan the, the former president trust but verify mm -hmm. And that's what you have to be with these contractors. You can trust them, but, boy, you need to go by at least once a week. You need to check on what they're doing. Make sure they're doing everything correctly. They're always going to be asking you for money. Uh, you know, you need to be there to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Absolutely. Especially during a recession, I would say, don't overestimate your skills. Find a mentor. Find somebody that's done it before that can see the patterns of possibly where the market's heading so you make sure you make the right move when you purchase the property. Correct. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Good call. Mistake number two, not doing your research. I guess that could kind of come into that 433A. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, again, I, I'd never flipped a, a mobile home and you found it through your wholesaling efforts and stuff. And so we both were kind of learning along the way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just like anything else when, you know, you we're not afraid to go into the project, uh, but um, we did actually sit down after the first project because it was so successful. I wanted to sit down and I wanted to go all the, over all the numbers with you and Lauren, mm -hmm. which we did. Uh, and, and everything was fine. Everything was hunky-dory. Um, you know, why we didn't figure out the 443 part till the second mobile home, um, probably because we were we were all excited. You know, we ended up making $100,000 on a mobile home flip, um, which wasn't the case with the other two. We, we made, I think, 20000 mm -hmm. on the other two we flipped. Yep. So it wasn't 100000 But that's uh, that's because the market was turning as well. Yeah, and I mm -hmm. guess that, that goes into doing your research and – I mean, was there a way to tell back then? I can't even remember now if we knew the interest rates were going to be going up. 
you know, sometimes I guess sometimes you just get caught in that that middle section. Yeah, um, you know, this was a senior community we were um, investing in, and um, I, I would say a senior community is not that interest rate sensitive because, like, you know, the first property it was purchased in cash. We're talking about. Um, I think we had it under contract for about sixty, and then we ended up selling it for a little bit over two hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we're talking about uh, a low amount, and if it's a senior community, obviously older, more established, they have money in the bank. They're just looking for a place to, you know, purchase something that's not going to be, you know, a million, two million dollars because uh, they don't need it. It's just, you know, maybe a husband and a wife. Mm-hmm. That's it. And they're they're moving into an area that uh, you know they at the end of the day they can pay cash. So uh, I I would say it was not as interest sensitive as you know purchasing a property that's in the nine hundred to a million range or anywhere in there that you need a loan. And uh, when you get to those high numbers and you're paying seven percent on interest, it's a lot of money every month. Absolutely, it's a lot of money. What about doing your research uh, regarding? code enforcement or pulling permits how, how do you walk that line of not letting them know maybe but finding out if you need some sort of special I don't know, exemption or does it just depend on how much work you're going to be doing yeah um i mean a mobile home you're not you're not removing load-bearing walls uh, like you would in a normal flip um those those kind of things you need permits for you know, a, a mobile homes, I found it actually pretty easy mm-hmm. to do. Uh, if you have the right contractor um, going in and, you know, really sprucing up the place, uh, we, we actually didn't even remove any kitchen cabinets or mm-hmm. all that stuff. Uh, we we um, redid the countertops. We redid the showers. We glazed, reglazed the showers. So we weren't doing what I am normally used to as a full you know, rehab where you pull everything out and start all over again. Uh, so permits, I wasn't really too concerned about permits and stuff. Uh, and then, you know, these these uh, structures are, are raised up. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to get to the plumbing underneath and the electrical. Um, if any of that had any issues, which we had a couple of properties that did, um, and they just, you know, did the replumbing job. It's not like, uh, you know, with a slab leak or, or you're going to have to, you know, uh, drill into the walls to maybe move a, a wall plug or something. Um, these, these places are very easy to rehab. Not hard at all. Not hard at all. I think the only thing we needed to get approved was the paint by the HOA. Oh, yeah. Okay, then that's <laughs> normal because you do have an HOA. So, yeah, knowing that uh, when you're going in, anytime you're dealing with an HOA, you have to get everything approved on the outside, whether it's paint or landscaping, whatever it is, it has to be approved by the HOA. Um, if not, you know, they, they will stop the work and, um, you know, they can fine you and all that stuff. So, um, I, we did know about that in the beginning, and I did tell you, mm-hmm. and uh, you guys went to the HOA office and you know told them that you were going to basically paint it the same color, mm-hmm. and they said, yeah, go ahead. It was a little bit darker than it was before. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, one of the neighbors didn't like mm-hmm. it, but uh, I loved it. Yeah. You know, and so I, you know, it, it was fine and yeah. not a big deal. But yeah, do your due diligence and find out things like that. Yeah, HOA will be all over you. Mm-hmm. 
Number three, mistake number three, not having a solid plan. I think um, this this kind of we made this mistake when we went into uh, from mobiles into our first stick home out in Joshua Tree. I found that as we got further into it, we were changing some stuff around, and then all and then working with that contractor who wasn't as reliable. It definitely caused a rift in the timeline. Um, so I would say, and Lauren and I have talked about this. The second we're going in and walking it, start getting your ideas and just have it all laid out to where it's everybody knows what we're doing from day one. Correct. Yeah. It the the more you change plans along the way, the more expensive it's going to be along the way. You know, it's like you're you're in a project and you go, okay, well, uh, let's add an ADU on this place. You know, it's like, oh well, hello. That's going to cost way more money. Was that in your plan? Was that in the original purchase price? It, you've decided you're going to purchase it, put an ADU, and at the end of the day, it's going to wor- be worth a lot more. Well, that's great if it's in the you know the original plans and specifications to do that. But uh, you know, deciding that halfway through, it's it's not going to work at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. even fixtures down to all that stuff. Have that all picked out, ordered. Sometimes there there's a uh, delay in some of the materials mm-hmm. that you think you, you want and so yeah. you want to make sure that those are all available and that your contractor is not waiting even one day for you to right no the there's there's a plan to flip properties you know you try to work from the ceiling down and uh, have everything ready to go for the next contractor that's coming in um, you can have two contractors there if they're doing two different things um, you know like uh person that's uh, working on the tile in the bathrooms, they, they can be there by themselves alone doing that stuff while another contractor is doing something else. You've got uh, the cabinet uh, maker and installation crew coming in um, right after you've pretty much got everything buttoned up, tightened up, ready to go, put them in. Your, your painter is probably going to be the last person that comes in. And, uh, and then paints around everything that's, you know, you've just put in brand new. So there is a step-by-step process that needs to be adhered to. Yep. And I think once you get it down, then you can start duplicating it and really making it efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. The last mistake to avoid flipping during a recession not being realistic with their expectations. And I think this is especially important during the recession because you don't want to think, you know, you're going to be getting 2022 prices after you flip it. You want to make sure you're, you're, you're pulling comps. I mean, how are you comping these days? Uh, most of the comps that I'm using are back 2021 comps. So, you know, a couple of years back where it was a more normal market, it really, really got crazy in 2022. It just absolutely got crazy. So I try not to use any of those comps whatsoever. I'm going back. Um, and even then, I'm kind of hedging my bets. And properties that I'm buying are, you know, maybe I was buying at 70 cents on the dollar. I'm at 60 cents on the dollar now. Uh, so they've got to really, really be some fantastic deals. I'm not doing... 
you know, 80% on the dollar, 90% we were doing sometimes because we saw the market, you purchased something in, you know, January 2022, you were done by March 2022, you're back on the market and it's selling for, you know, $100,000, $150,000 more than you even thought because it was that crazy of a market. Uh, so you could pay for something uh, a little bit more, a lot more um, than than I would suggest that you do now. That's that's words of wisdom right there, folks. Just to reiterate, um, so we got we got four mistakes to avoid during a recession. We have overestimating your flipping skills, not doing your research, not having a solid plan, and then not being realistic with your expectations. But all of these can be avoided. They all can be avoided if somebody listens to what I have to say. Yeah, that's all it takes. <laughs> Listen to Joe. Jeez, he's trying to tell you. Just take uh -huh. his words of wisdom to heart. I definitely had the problem with the uh, with the expectations for sure. Just because at well at some point, um, you know, it was always like a running joke because Ryan had like twenty two flips, and I was like, yeah, I want to do twenty two flips. I think we had three at one point, and it yeah. was it was tough. It was. Um, just staying on top of everything and all the yeah. moving parts. It yeah, and like, plus the you know the distance was a factor as yeah. well. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So just listen to Joe; he knows what he's talking about. What if people want to get into flipping during the recession? What what do they can they? What's the best way? Get a mentor? Reach out to you? You can reach out to me. Anybody can reach out to me anytime. I'm you know I'm available. I've, you know, got my YouTube channel and stuff, and there's a lot of good information on there. Mm -hmm. If you want to go there and subscribe, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say start from the beginning and figure out what it is that you want to do. Uh, putting your network together, you know, that involves real estate agents, title, escrow, um, you know, wholesalers like you. Um, putting putting all the pieces together before you actually pull the trigger and mm -hmm. go out and buy something. Mm -hmm. And then making sure that, um, you know, you kind of vet your project with somebody that knows what they're doing, mm -hmm. kind of give you that second opinion so that uh, you're able to sleep at night, let's say. Um, you know, a lot of people go into this and they immediately get stressed out, especially if they had hard, hard money on the property. Mm -hmm. So they're paying, you know, 9, 10, 11% interest on a, on a property they're flipping and they're just, you know, lying in bed thinking of how much money is this costing me? sitting here doing nothing, mm -hmm. you know? So you have to figure out whether you're even that type of person that can flip a property. Because if you're like stressed out 24-7 while you're f fixing a property, you're flipping it, this might not be a good business for you, you know? You, you need to you need to be able to handle issues um, and work through those issues, you know, without having to lose sleep at night. You know, because honestly, your health is is more important than anything else. And, you know, if you're getting stressed out and you have a heart attack over this, that's not good for anybody. So, yeah, start from the beginning, put all your systems in place. And then uh, once you have that, then, um, you know, pull the trigger. I blame HGTV. They okay. made it look so easy. Yeah, they always do. You know, I hope you didn't think that was real, no. what was happening, because no. I can tell you it's not real. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, just with one swipe, you can go from hoarder house to completely finished. It yeah. doesn't show you the nine months that it possibly took. Yeah. Yeah. When it should have taken three. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. God, yeah. that's annoying. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking this next one we get, whatever it is. We're going to have, you know, all these mistakes kind of taken care of. And obviously other things may pop up. But mm-hmm. at some point, it's just. Well, just we do have another one. We have that mm-hmm. subject to deal yeah. that uh, you end up uh, getting and, you know, we put under contract. And now we're in the process of evicting, you know, the folks out of there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm walking you. Well, I don't know if walking is the right word. I'm pushing you through the deal. And, uh, you know, making sure that you're contacting the tenants in there mm-hmm. and making sure that they know that we're serious about getting them out. And, yep. um, you know, they've been playing back and forth with you on text for a while. And then finally, you know, I got a text from you. I think it was last Saturday um, that they're willing to start negotiating. Mm-hmm. And that's because we served them yeah. with, you know, an eviction notice. Yeah. And I told you that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's another learning process yeah. that you have, mm-hmm. and um, and then we'll go through that, and we'll you know we'll end up at the other side, but I can tell you that you'll learn a lot along the way. Oh yeah, you know I've already learned a lot. The one thing that's really helping me, at least through that process, is the owner, the person that actually owned it. She still calls me to this day and says thank you, you know, for helping yeah. me out, and she she'll check in and say hey how's it going with them she's like, i don't really care what happens to them i told them to get out yeah <laughs> yeah because they have an rv so they can go live in the rv by the that's lake true. Yeah. yeah so she's like that's she's true. got a place to go she has options yeah. they're R- just playing rv games. rv corvette yeah um what else was there what other toy was there there's a uh, brand new harley okay um there was a i think a mustang or something yeah. Um, and yeah, a bunch of yeah. stuff. Bunch. Not, not unusual. I mean, you know, people spend lots of money on toys and, and not really, you know, I'm making their mortgage payment, which is mm-hmm. what the issue was. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, but it's, uh, that's definitely helping me through the process. I'm like, oh yeah, well we, we did help her out of, you know, and she's starting a whole, a whole new thing with her life and it's, it's great to see, but that'll be kind of a cool one because there's the, the house is in decent shape. So I don't think we're going to have to do too much to it. Well, you know, don't count your chickens until the eggs hatch. So (laughs) it's in good shape now. You did see it. You did take some pictures, uh, which is good in case we have to document that, uh, you know, they didn't leave it in such a good shape. Oh, gosh. I I hope that's not going to happen. And I hope they move out in a timely manner, 30 days or less. But uh, we'll see what happens. We'll keep you guys posted along the way. If you want to see or hear about the team, like we talked about the flipping team, that was, uh, I think, two episodes ago called Building a Team for Flipping Real Estate. Go back and check that out. Um, Please leave a comment. We're now live on wherever podcasts are available. So Mm -hmm. leave a comment, share with your friends. We're building this from the ground up to just reach more new and experienced investors. And if you guys have any topics that you want us to cover, please write to us or, you know, comment in any of the platforms, YouTube, what have you. And like we said, go to Joe's YouTube. We've got hundreds and hundreds of videos there where he talks about pretty much everything real estate related.
Yes. Anything else you want to add? No. Okay. No, I'm good. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we also, if you're in the local Orange County area, Joe has a meetup that he's been doing for years. We're going to be getting into a new location next month. We are. Um, we're taking it on the road. The, the meetup The meetup is the last Monday of every month, and it's been at uh, Roundtable Pizza in Lake Forest for the last seven years, and I was asking Alex if he thought it was a good idea if we started going to different locations. And so I think that's what I'm going to do is uh, go to different locations. So next month's meetup is in Irvine. Uh, You can go on uh, meetup.com and find it there. And uh, and then I have another location that I picked out I haven't told you about um, for the meeting uh, after next month. Nice. So I think we're just going to travel around Orange County and uh, have it at different spots and, um, you know, maybe get some different uh, people coming to our meetup and then grow it. I've got uh, 3,000 people that are members of that meetup group, um, which is awesome. And um, anyways, it is uh, this coming Monday. I don't I don't know if this podcast will be out before then or not. Yeah, Yeah, it'll probably be after. But uh, if you want to look it up, it's uh, on Meetup, and it's uh, last Monday of every month, which we're going to keep the the time and um, the monthly schedule the same, but the location is going to change every once in a while. Excellent. And you can look it up by typing in Orange County Investor Meetup? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. And you'll see Joe there. Yep. Follow us on all socials. Reach out. Let's keep in touch. And we'll see you guys next week. Take care. If you want some more advice on real estate investing, reach out to us one-on-one.